it's Leslie and Rena, and, and this, this is Soul Sisters Podcast. <laughs> uh, Rena was trying to rest her face on her. I was trying. I was succeeding. Voluptuous <laughs> chesticles. <laughs> Pull my shirt up. So, good morning, everyone. Um, I want to talk about how when we were at your house the other night, and I went into your closet. I was real surprised at all the clothes I saw that were mine. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I knew I gave them to you, but I was like looking and I was like, oh man, I was looking for this shirt the other day. <laughs> but it's fine. Cause I'm, I'm surprised that you were surprised. I mean, yeah, no, not really. I mean, I wasn't real surprised, but I was like, I was like looking through them and the gray shirt with like the lace around the bottom, uh-huh. I saw it and I was like, oh that looks like one I had. And I was like, oh, it was mine. <laughs> you didn't give me that one. I've just kept it for a while. <laughs> and I don't remember. I know I gave you like two bags, though. You did. You gave me a lot of clothes when you went through all your stuff. Like a proper functioning adult. Cleaned out your closet. And um, yeah, I took like half the stuff you were getting rid of. So, I mean, really, you weren't even getting rid of it. You were just moving your stuff around. I'm just halfway moving in with you, halfway <laughs> moving in here, whatever. We're just rotating our clothes around. It doesn't even matter. When I give it to you, it's not really giving it away. Exactly. Um, so how was your week? It was good. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I love my kid, but I feel like she's out of school all the time. Like any excuse that they can find. Out. We're yes. out for Groundhog Day. They're not really out for Groundhog Day, but you know. It, I would believe it. <laughs> We're out point. for Flag Day. <laughs> um, so, you know, this week, um, it's the week before Christmas. And for some reason, Leliana's school got out. They had a half day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Okay, Thursday was the 19th. Might I remind you, Christmas Eve is the 24th. So I'm just like, why? Like, why? First of all. Why are you getting out so early for your Christmas break? Second of all, why are you getting out the Thursday before, like, and it's a half day. Like, so, but when did she start school? She did start kind of late. Um, but see, if she started late, I feel like they wouldn't have gotten out early. Okay, so here's the thing. We live in Talladega County, so there's two, like, NASCAR races and they happen during the school year. And so the school like closes down on Friday and Monday, the weekend of the race because of traffic. So they say, <laughs> but let's be real. It's Talladega County. We all know why. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a thing literally. So, um, instead of having like all these extra weather days, they get out, um, on the race weekends. Oh, that's great. And so, like, I'm, like, so that cuts out, you know, a lot of their days out of school, which baffles me even more that they're getting out on the 19th when Christmas is not until next week. And I'm like, okay, so I get, you know, some people travel and all the things, but I just don't, I don't understand why they got out Thursday, half a day. But I remember... So when I was in high school or whatever, I mean, our Christmas break started around the 17th. Hmm. So, I mean, 
I think it's just that you're like, why is my kid home so much right it's now? Just because I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm not the student anymore. I'm the mom, so now I'm questioning it. I know, because when I, I remember being in, like, in school, and I didn't think we got out nearly enough. I don't know. Schools are weird. Yeah. What I'm just weird. Word? I wasn't going to call you out, but I don't know what, I don't know what it was, was going weird. on. For sure. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that. Drink your water. <laughs> Fix it. Oh, so now that Christmas his Christmas break is in full swing, um, I feel like I haven't seen Olivia at all because now she wants to go visit all the places. She stayed with my sister, then she spent the night with her grandmother, and now she's at her dad's. And I know she'll come home Sunday night, maybe. I mean, she'll probably call and be like, Mommy, can I spend the night with Daddy? And, you know... She doesn't have school, so it's not, like, a huge deal if she does. But um, I really want her to come home because last <laughs> night I was laying in bed and Robert asked me, he's he's real weird about this. Like, if we're, if I'm real quiet, he's always like, what are you thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> and if I say nothing, he gets real irritated because he says, you know. You have to be thinking about something. There's no way you're not thinking about something. There's no way your brain is that empty. Right. <laughs> Well, well, we won't get into that. <laughs> so I was laying in bed and he asked me what I was thinking about. And I said, I don't know. I just miss Olivia. <laughs> and he was like, she just left yesterday. I said, I know, but she's going to be gone all weekend. And, you know, Friday was just such a long day. And I don't know. I just miss her. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm looking forward to her coming home. Uh. And getting some snuggles in. I have a story to tell everyone. Here we go. I was right again. Take that, husband. So, at church, there seems to be a trend. The Lord has just blessed me with knowledge when at church. And so, today, we went to Christmas service. And it was it was really good. And um, I enjoyed it. And so everyone, if you've listened to the podcast about when I got caught with my contact list, you, if you haven't, you need to go back and listen to it. But if you've listened to it, you know about the Christmas trees. And it is, it is a moment that I will never forget because <laughs> I was right. So today, though, I was right yet again. Dad parked the car in a different parking spot than he usually does because we had gotten to church really early uh, because it was the Christmas service, and we wanted to make sure we had good seats. And they had the parking lot set up differently, so we had to go a different way. Yeah, and so at the end of service, I kept telling him, I was like, no, we parked down here um, over towards the left. And he said, no, we parked on this row over this way, and he started walking right. I said, okay, okay, walk all the way to the end of the row on the right side. And I said, now you're going to listen to me. And so we walked down towards the left, and boom, there the car was. I just like you guys all to know that it's very, it's very rare that I'm right. But I'm just saying December has really been my month. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to brag about it. <laughs> you got to take what you can get. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Even though I'm married, there was a time when I was divorced. And Rena really had it on her heart today to kind of discuss what's been going on with her since she's been separated 
Um, they've been separated almost a year now. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, getting divorced can take a real long time. <clears throat> Not in every case, but it's definitely a thing. Yeah, in my case, it took, like, a month. I mean, okay, so here's the thing. Like, when you do get divorced, you have to be separated for 30 days. At least, like, so we live in Alabama. So in Alabama, you have to have, like, a trial period. So you can file for divorce, but there's, like, a 30-day waiting period before it actually goes because you have to request a petition to be divorced um, or something. I don't really remember. It was all a blur. It happened so fast. Rita's luck. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> it really was in my case. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so she wants to talk about life after separation and I was divorced for two years I got married actually uh 17 18 so I got married five days before the two-year anniversary of my finalized divorce so I really wasn't single that long um but uh, it felt like an eternity at some points, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, some days, getting, so here's the thing. I was with my ex for almost 10 years collectively. And some days, um, it feels like you're never going to find someone. Um, because you just get so used to, like, having a person there like having a spouse. So when that's gone, it's a huge change regardless if it's something you wanted or didn't want. Um, it's a lot to adjust to. And you go through, I think, um, you go through different seasons right. during your separation and divorce. Right. For sure. So I guess I was separated. Uh, I had left my ex, um, I think a year prior to when I actually left him for good, we had separated in December of 2015. We were separated till March of 2016. And then we decided we would reconcile and things were so good, like so good. And uh, we had started talking about having another baby, and we went on this really great family vacation. It was Olivia's first time to the beach, and she was three, and she was just loving the water and the ocean, and we were really trying to have another baby. Okay, I was really trying to have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was real on board with it, but um, yeah, I was just so happy and so we got home from the beach on September 28th or 29th I don't really remember but we got home right before and I left him on October 5th so it was literally like a week and a half I went from being the happiest I'd ever been in my marriage to shattered and broken within such a short time frame it was absolutely traumatizing and we were only married two and a half years maybe three I really oh god I don't even know how long we were married <laughs> this is bad no it's not I don't care <laughs> but it'll give you whiplash <laughs> yeah um, it was rough 
being in a relationship that it is like a constant up and down like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, so <laughs> the day after I left him, this guy that I was friends with back in high school, he randomly hit me up. No lie, the very next day after I left my ex-husband and I was so shook and I was in such a terrible fog and headspace. I just needed someone to talk to. And this was, I think this was before I started going to counseling regularly. Maybe. No, 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 no. I, I had my counselor. I don't know. I'm sorry if you're listening, Heather. Um, <laughs> I should have came to you first. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, this guy had hit me up and I just needed someone to talk to. So I immediately like. I would just like to throw it out there that we weren't friends at this time. No, 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 no. We no. had just started becoming friends right after this. Yeah, so the first time I had left him is when you came to my townhouse and helped me pack yeah. and leave. Um, that was the first time we were separated. But at this point in time, you were still with your ex. Um, but anyway, so uh, not being in a good headspace, I decided I'm going to go hang out with this guy and just have someone to talk to because he and I were good friends back in high school and we used to talk about everything. And so I went and met up with him one night and we literally just sat around and talked and he, he just, he paid attention to me. He made me feel so good and all these things that, you know, my ex-husband never made me feel. And he just seemed like he genuinely cared about me as a person, which if you've ever been in a relationship where you're not valued or appreciated or cherished or, any of the things that a husband is supposed to do for you, if somebody else gives you that kind of attention, it feels real good. And so I was in such a bad headspace already. I just emotionally wanted to cling to something that was good. And let me tell you, I'm going to go ahead and put a disclaimer out here. You should not cling to men. You should be clinging to Jesus, okay? I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> look, don't look at me like that. It's a real thing. I wasn't. I, I, I was going to agree with you, but you're like... on a roll, so I'm going to sit here like I do. Um, and anyways, I I fell in, like, I didn't fall in love with this guy. Let's be real, okay? Like, I was not in love with him. I was... You loved the attention. I you fell in love with the attention. I fell in love with the attention. I was consumed with the idea of what I could have with somebody else. And it just so happened that I attached these feelings to this person. And that was a huge mistake. And I only saw I only saw this guy two more times after that uh, while I was still getting divorced. Um, and nothing ever happened between us. But uh, for some reason... Like, I just attached those emotions to this person, and it was not healthy <laughs> at all. And so, of course, you know, I was still technically married, even though I was getting divorced. And so, naturally, you know, this guy didn't want to date someone who's married or that's literally going through a divorce. So, um, he, he ended up getting a girlfriend or had a girlfriend or something. I don't remember what had happened was, but... Anyways, we just quit talking because he was in a relationship with somebody else. And so then I am devastated <laughs> because I had attached these feelings of these hopes and these dreams that I wanted onto this person instead of focusing on myself. 
And so that's going to lead us into, it's very important not to get into a relationship too soon after a divorce. Yes. So I'm going to take it from, from here for a minute. Um, it's really, it can be really hard to be alone. Um, especially if you've been with someone for a long time, you maybe just really don't know how to be alone. And I think that's something that's really important, um, for everyone to, um, understand or learn how to do. Yeah. Like being alone is really important, um, because you can't always depend on people and like things happen, tragedies happen, you know, maybe not divorce, but all kinds of things could happen where you end up alone. And so if you, I just feel like it's not healthy to constantly have to have someone around. Right. Um, And that's codependency too. Yeah. You can't just, you can't put everything into another person. You have to invest in yourself. And I don't know. And a lot of times when, when your marriage gets to the point where you're about to get divorced at this point, this is when a lot of people have either lost themselves or have just like had their identity in something, um, for so long that anything that is like just different from that or just gives them a good feeling it's just instant attachment or desire for that thing yeah for me um in my marriage personally i had like a very warped sense of identity um and self-worth yeah i just the person i was when i was married is not who i am now even you know less than a year later well still married but you guys get what i'm putting down so yeah marriage you you grow um leslie and i both got married pretty young Mm -hmm. and so uh, we're now in our late 20s our late 20s we're still (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) um so you know you that this is a period where you do a lot of self-growth or you should be um so since i have been separated I have really had to figure out who I actually am and who I want to be, not just who I've been made, you know, to think that I am. Yeah. Um, and so like right after I got separated, um, that was a very rough time for me. I think, yeah, (laughs) but I think that's, okay. That's normal. Yeah. Okay. Because I was, girl. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) It was. I was there. It was so. It was bad. I mean, it was so bad, y'all. Y'all don't know my mama, but my mom called me out on my crap, and when my mom called me out on it, I was like, rough. Okay, I gotta get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, it's a whole thing, and and it's okay. That's the thing, like. You have to allow yourself to be broken and to feel all the things that like, you can't be afraid to feel sad or disappointed or broken or just 
like for me personally, I, my counselor, uh, has always compared me to Joy from Inside Out because if you've ever seen the movie, I've, I've only watched it somewhat one time because I literally had a panic attack every time sadness showed up because I was like, that bitch don't need to touch nothing. <laughs> like, I was freaking out. Sorry about the cussing. But, I mean, it was a real thing, and I could not sit in the room and watch it. And so my counselor has always told me, you know, um, you just remind me of joy because you want to hide from sadness. You don't want to feel that emotion. That is, That emotion's not safe for you. Anything that's not positive or happy, you want to run away from. And so I was self-medicating with alcohol and with boys <laughs> and uh, all the things I should not have been doing but I mean I fell apart after my divorce too um and I feel like a lot of people do yeah and the thing okay so I think whenever you are separated um and going through a divorce there is like this battle um you know between the two spouses where you feel like you have to be better and do better. Like you can't show any of these negative emotions. Like I don't want them to think that I'm sad or that I'm struggling or all of these things, but you know, it doesn't matter what they think. I mean, if you're sad, like be sad, feel it and get over it, you know? Yeah. Um, because you got to work through it or else it just stays buried underneath and comes yes. out in very toxic ways. <laughs> so my my main move is denial. Yeah. I, <laughs> heavy in the denial. Everything and I'm working is, on it. Everything is fine. And like she is one, like me and her are both 100% <laughs> the meme with the dog in the kitchen and everything is burning down around them. And we're both like, hey, this is great. Where's the mar margaritas? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, and it's it's not fine. It's not fine. Um, I, I've been working real hard on, like, not staying in denial, feeling things the way that I need to feel them and work through them. Um, and just, it's really rough. And so another thing is that I've had depression for a really long time. And, I mean, I'm medicated for it. But I still have days where, you know, it just defeats me. But I don't let myself get stuck in it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, uh, we'll say that's like a scary part. Oh, yeah. Is you you don't want to face these scary, sad feelings because you don't want to be stuck in that place. Oh, so yeah. you just bury it and you're like trying to find silver linings and all the things. Um, yeah. But you can't. You can't do that. You, I mean, yeah, find, you the can. Silver, find the silver linings, but you also have to be honest with yourself and deal with the negative things too. Yeah, exactly. And I know I had, I almost had the exact conversation with Heather, who's my counselor. Um, I remember I was sitting on her couch in her office and she asked me, you know, she said, so how are you handling things? And I said, everything's fine. I think I'm doing really well. I've been going to church. <laughs> I haven't been staying alone a lot. And she said, but how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm great. <laughs> she, said, she said, are you really? I said, yeah. And she said, so she was asking me, you know, how I was feeling about, you know, my divorce being final and like, what is my life going to look like from here on out? And I would not go there. Like, I wouldn't, I would not touch it. 
And, you know, she told me, she said, I know, she said, why are you afraid to talk about what you want? And so my whole life, it, I've been this way. It's like, I can't say what I want because then it becomes like that, then that desire is out there. And if I don't get it, the fear of being disappointed is more like it, it makes me more afraid than just telling myself, I don't want those things. I don't want those things. No, that's not what I want. No, I'm not upset about it. Because if I say it out loud and I verbalize it and it's out there, then like I have to be honest with myself. And that's probably my biggest, my biggest struggle even now is being honest with myself about what I actually want versus like what I'm supposed to want. Yeah. Does that make sense? For sure. Um, so a big thing here is just staying focused on yourself after being separated. Um, so not, don't put yourself back out on the market too soon. Stay off of Tinder. Yes. <laughs> Stay off the apps. Oh, for the love. <laughs> Ain't nothing good out there after a divorce or a separation. Let me tell you. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, just don't do it, okay? <laughs> um, take our advice. Learn from our mistakes. If you're separated, divorced, like, just recovering from some kind of trauma. Even a traumatic, even, like, a relationship yeah, doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. have to be divorce no. or separation. Um, I, it's important to focus on yourself and not, like... I, as humans, we have this need and this want and desire to have a partner. I mean, that's like the American dream. That's what we're, we've been made to think that we're supposed to want. Um, so when we don't have that anymore, it's like, well, what do I do now? Like, I have to find someone new to replace the old. Right. But that, no, like, work on yourself. Do things that you enjoy. Like, I, since I've been separated... I haven't been doing it as much, but I started painting again, which is something that I, like, really enjoy doing. Um, so that's been nice. And then, like, a new thing that I picked up is most recently um, just spending a lot of time in my Bible. And that is, like, the best thing that I could have done. Like, that has been the best thing for me. Um, and I, like, I have felt a huge change in myself since um reading the word yeah yes and so for me whenever I got divorced I started going through something my church offered which was called divorce care and there are a lot of different churches out there that offer similar programs or things just like it and I'm I'm so thankful for divorce care because it really changed my life um the first time, so I went through it twice. I Well, I went through half of it twice. The first time I started, and it had already been in session for a couple of weeks, and so I started late, and I caught the tail end of it, and the lady who was leading it said, hey, come back in the spring. We're going to do it again, because like I said, I left my ex-husband in October, um, so in the fall, and I thought about it. And I had been seeing this kid, this kid, sorry, <laughs> um, he hates me enough as it is, so you're not a kid if you're listening, but um, anyways, I was seeing this guy, and when I started going through divorce care in, in the spring, 
the leaders of the group, you know, recommended that we not date anyone just for the 12 week period that we would be going through the divorce care. So I told the guy that I was seeing, you know, hey, I can't be dating you right now. I really just need to focus on myself. And I went through the divorce care program and it radically changed my life. Uh, there was a lot of healing that need to be that needed to be done that I was able to that I was able to heal from during the 12 weeks that I wasn't seeing that guy. And um, I think the most important decision out of all of that was the fact that I learned that in any relationship, whether it be romantic or friendship or, um, you know, even with, you know, family members was to like guard and protect my heart and to keep God at the center and to make sure that my relationship was right with him so that all my other relationships would be right. And, um, so I started guarding and protecting my heart and that meant that I became abstinent, which <laughs> was not fun for most of the people I dated. <laughs> they were real uh, not excited about that part of me. I mean, guys, we live in a world where you can literally pull out your phone, download an app, and find anyone in your area to, to hook up with. Yeah. So being abstinent, yeah, definitely a big deal these days. Yeah. So I made the decision to be abstinent until I got married again. And um, that was probably, that was honest to God, the best decision I ever made. Because it was really clear to me, everybody that I talked to, it was always within like the first or second week, they were either sending me nudes or they wanted my nudes or they wanted to talk Inappropriate. inappropriately with me. And um, I haven't shared my story, um, but I was, I was in a relationship, I was in a relationship that um, scarred me very traumatically in a negative way when it comes to like sexual things and so um those things anyways I'm very sensitive to and so I would just stop talking to these people because they don't have my best interest at heart they're not after me they're after what I can offer them or what they think I can offer them but that was that was probably the best decision I ever made was to remain abstinent until I was remarried I'm going to tell you it wasn't easy. <laughs> well, then there was the one that he, like, pretended to be on board with the abstinence. And he was like, yeah, I go to church and, like, I would love to read the Bible with you and do this study with you. He wanted and to then do he... a, a Matt Chandler study with me. He said, oh, I bought you a study guide. You should come over to my house and we should do it together. Let me tell you. <laughs> that wasn't all he wanted to do with her. No. Oh, my goodness. And I, it was wild. I was mortified. I was so, first of all, I was so upset because he was, I thought he was a really great guy. And I thought, like, this could really go somewhere. And, hey, he loves the Lord. And he's sending me Bible verses. And let me tell you, this boy flipped a switch. And I was shook. <laughs> I was so shook. <laughs> so, yeah, I think. You know, going off of that, it is super important to know your boundaries and stand firm in them. Because I'm sure that couldn't have been easy all the time, um, being abstinent and dealing with all these jerks that um, that's all they want. And the thing is, like, if you're upfront about your intentions, cool. But just like the guy with the study guy, the study book, you know, 
they will still try to manipulate mm-hmm. their way into some in anything that's not your heart. Right. And <laughs> boy, my pants are too small for you. <laughs> <laughs> They're too small for both of us to fit. Okay. Um, yeah, so this this year for me has been wild. But 2020, I really just want to focus on um bettering myself and just becoming happier with who I am as a person and um what I have to offer and all the things um so it's been a real wild ride and I mean there were for sure times where I wasn't like a good spouse by any means but like you get what you give and you do what you know um so I I could really go into that forever but I won't um, so yeah, I just, I want to become like the best version of myself so that I can meet, uh, meet the right person and not fall into another toxic friendship or relationship. Um, and I think that like, let's, let's kind of go back to that for a minute. So right after I separated my husband from my husband, whew, that was, that was a rough time, <laughs> needless to say. And we all been there. If you haven't, um, it's coming. Well, maybe not. I mean, just uh, let us in on your secret. <laughs> really? I would love to know for sure. I mean, it's too late now, but hey. So, <laughs> yeah, after we separated, I was talking to this guy. And I mean, I was still in a very bad headspace. So, to me, he had these great qualities and he was so much better than what I was used to and mm-hmm. all the things. Um, but for, you know, many reasons, like we quit talking and it didn't work out and looking back and, um, knowing the things I know now and learn, like I learned a lot of, um, things about him after the fact, I'm just like, wow, all the signs were there and I still missed it. Yeah. Um, which is insane, but had I been in the right mental headspace, I would have seen those signs. Right. Um, and it, like, that, it could have ended really badly. Um, luckily, it didn't. You know, we just kind of went our separate ways and whatever, but that's not always the case. So I just think it is really important to not get into relationships too quickly and actually, like, heal and just do what you gotta do. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know that the most important thing was I wanted to make sure that I was still be I was being true to myself and who I wanted to be and who I knew God created me to be and called me to be. And I wanted to do something I wanted to do something completely different that I had never done before. So um, you know, like I'd always um, you know, hooked up with whoever I was dating or, um, whoever I was in a relationship with prior to, I guess, the time in my life where I chose that I was going to remain abstinent. And I know that whenever I made that decision, it became a lot easier to see through the BS because, um, Like, I was dating someone who really pushed my boundaries a lot. Mm -hmm. 
And it was really hard sometimes to stop and tell him, like, hey, we gotta stop this, <laughs> because, and I mean, he would get really frustrated with me, but I, he, he, he never, he never, like, I don't know how to he say He never this. forced you to do anything, but at the same time, he did make you feel a little guilty about it. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he would make me feel bad about, like, not giving in to him, and. I, I mean, it wasn't that, like, I didn't love him or care about him, but I also knew that, like... Being I, abstinent is what you wanted for yourself. Yeah, and I really did want to wait until I was married because that was... You can't... I feel like once you once you do have that sexual relationship with somebody, like, there there's no coming back from that, and there's no way for you to go back and start over. Okay, wait, I take that back because, like, that's me and Robert. Like, we <laughs> we totally started over because, you know, we waited. and There um, were a lot of years between that, though. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just, it's it's good. it was healthy for me to be able to know who was, like, really interested in my heart and not into getting into my pants. And I think that's just because of the trauma from the relationship that I had been in where I was... Um, sexually traumatized exactly and um, so I mean that was probably another reason why it was it was easier for me to remain abstinent than I guess for most people and I mean here's the thing like if you're not abstinent like you do you but (laughs) I mean I I mean it worked for you it did and because I mean, you, you, like, form a bond with everyone that you have a sexual relationship with. Like, you just do. Like, that's in the Bible. And I know what you're thinking about. No. <laughs> the DNA. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking about? Part of it. Part yeah. Of it. Um, but you do. You share a special connection with everyone that you have that relationship with. And I just wanted, for me, to make sure that I save that for the person that I wanted to marry and be with for the rest of my life because I had never done that before and none of my relationships worked out. And so I thought that maybe, maybe that was the key. Honestly, like really the whole part, I mean, like now looking back, I realized like, honestly, it was just that I didn't have Jesus and my partner didn't have Jesus, but, um, or the, you know, we didn't have Jesus in the right place in our lives. Not that we weren't Christians or didn't love God, but we just definitely didn't have him in the place that he needed to be for us to be living a godly life and having a blessed marriage. And I wanted to make sure that my relationship, that every relationship I was in was God honoring and glorifying and that I could, I could be proud of the relationship that I was in and not feel ashamed or feel like I was doing something wrong. And so I don't know where I was going with that. It's cool. (laughs) Um, so we'll just move on from that. Uh, another thing that I wanted to hit on is like dealing with loneliness and dealing with ending potential relationships, AKA ghosting. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. Yeah. So, you know, coming out of a commitment, um, such as marriage, there, there's a whole lot going on. Um, but once again, you're used to having someone there. They made this commitment to you. They're not going anywhere. Like, this is it. And so when you get back into the dating scene, especially, like, the age we're in now, 
um, ghosting is like a big thing. Um, and I was ghosted before ghosting was a thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so it, it can be hard to deal with at times. Um, I've, I mean, I've been ghosted a few times and if it's like in the beginning, you've been talking to someone like a couple weeks and they ghost you, like it's not a big deal. There's no attachment there, whatever. But if you're talking to someone for months and they just ghost you, that, I mean, that'll hit you. Yeah. That's a whole nother level. Um, and that can be really hard to deal with. And like, that's kind of something that did have to go through earlier this year. Because I downloaded those devil apps. And <laughs> My mama says. <laughs> Them apps are the devil. She taught me better, guys. She taught me better. So, yeah. But I, you know, I met some people that were clearly wrong. Um, met some, some decent ones. And then I met, I met this one guy. And I thought that he was great. Um, we had so much in common. And... It was just really nice and in the end it didn't work out and I mean I, I knew that it was too soon and I wasn't ready for it but it was still hard to deal with so not only was I dealing with my separation because this was just like a few months in but now I was also dealing with like the second heartbreak, heartbreak. yeah and I mean I could have really avoided doing that to myself and that's another good point. That's why, I mean, love you. That's why <laughs> you should not date when, like, you're going through a separation, you're going through a divorce, you're going through emotional turmoil or an emotionally draining situation. And I fully agree with that now. <laughs> now. <laughs> now. Um, Sometimes you got to make the mistakes to learn from them. Sometimes you can just, you know, learn, learn from, from someone other, else. Yeah, learn from our mistakes. <laughs> Truly. Um, because I did, the, I did the same thing until I... Until I went through divorce care, I mean, I I was dating. No, I wasn't. I wasn't dating. Never mind. I'm totally <laughs> wrong. My bad. I was divorced. I always forget because I, I was divorced. Your divorce happened so fast. I know. I know. Rub it in. <laughs> so sorry. I love you. <laughs> um, so since now you're off the devil apps, um, what do you do to cope with the loneliness? Well, having my six-year-old for sure helps with that. Got to keep you busy. Yeah. And having my super awesome best friend. Who that? Oh, Just this is... brunette. You know, <laughs> nobody. This brunette so... with some grays at 27. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> um, on a real note, though, since I have, like, taken a step back from the dating scene, if you want to call it that, and talking to people and wasting my time on, like, <laughs> relationships that were not going to pan out. Um, I have been, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I've started reading my Bible. Um, I mean, truthfully, okay, so I think I mentioned this in one of our episodes. I took the TV out of my room when I was going to school. And I mean, now that I'm finished with school and got my certificate and everything, I just, I didn't put a TV in my room. Um, because I've kind of, I, I got used to it. Like I enjoy that. And it keeps me from being, um, <laughs> distracted. Yeah. So during the times when typically like I would just turn on the TV and mindlessly zone out for hours. Criminal um, minds. 
I'm not, you know, as much as I like the criminal cases these days, I've never been big into like criminal minds or anything. Until um, today at my house. <laughs> <laughs> that was inside the mind of a criminal. It's different. Oh, okay. My bad. My Get bad. it right. <laughs> Anywho. So instead of spending time watching TV, I will like pick up my Bible or open my app and just read. Um, and like one thing I actually like to do is just, I will maybe like pray and then flip open my Bible to like a random page. And to me, that's really interesting because a lot of times it'll be like spot on with my prayer. And I think that's really cool. Um, so I'll do that. And like I said, I've really gotten back into painting, um, or coloring. I've got like a couple little coloring book things that I like to do. And, uh, now we have our podcast. So like that, that helps a lot. Um, as far as keeping me busy, but I mean, I still get lonely sometimes, but I have my daughter and like this weekend, I don't have her, but I'm over here with you doing our podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I just, it's, it's a different season. Yeah. But you adjust. Um, and like another thing is, so before I started this chapter, um, when I had just was freshly separated and trying to talk to people, it was super exhausting. Um, you, you put like a lot of time into having conversations with all these people and it's like, you know, maybe you find like a couple you're super interested She's in. She's a player. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll, you know, find like two or three that you're super interested in talking to. You have real good conversations. So you talk to them. And then, like, those burnouts, and you're like, man, I have no one to talk to. So you get back on the apps, you get more people to talk to, and it's just this whole cycle. And, you know, during the periods when you are not talking to anyone, you get lonely because you're used to having someone else there. And that just goes back to not being dependent on other people, but you have to be dependent on yourself and dependent on God. And I think for sure... Um, closing this year like that has become the best relationship for me that's good that's yeah. just good my um I think the way I dealt with loneliness whenever <laughs> whenever I was single or in that season of singleness is I always <laughs> I always had someone I could go on a date with if like I wanted to go on a date with mm -hmm. I would have you know I was in I was in two small groups at church, so I always had, like, a girlfriend I could go to dinner with or had someone I could, co like, come over to my house or I could go over to their house. I mean, for literally two years, I was probably home at, like, I was home every night, but, I mean, we were gone until it was bedtime. Yeah. Um, you didn't stay home. No. And so whenever we got married, that was a huge adjustment for Olivia because she's like, <laughs> I pick her up from school. She's like, where are we going tonight? I'm like, <laughs> going home, fam. She's, you know, she's like, um, but what about all these other things we used to do? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, well, um, we have a family now again. So not that let's we, go home and be a family. Yeah. Not that we weren't a family, just me and her, but um, God really blessed me with a, with a bunch of single girlfriends, like single mom girlfriends mm -hmm. that I was able, any single friends 
that I was able to spend a lot of time with and you were, you had gone back to your ex-husband and, um, but I would, I would make frequent trips <laughs> to come stay the weekend with you guys when I sure could. Sure did. Well, so like you were, um, you were divorced for two years. So like the first year of your divorce, I was separated and had moved back to Alabama. But then the second year of your divorce, I re reconciled with my husband and, you know, moved back to Kentucky. So yeah, during that time you made plenty of trips to see me. Yeah. But, um. And then when I was here, I mean, I was at your house literally every weekend. Every weekend of 2017, like, we were together. Yes. So not much has changed this <laughs> Great year. Great times. <laughs> not much has changed this year except for now I have a husband. And he's yeah. like, she never goes home. I'm like, it's fine, though. <laughs> you say it like it's a bad thing. I know. Um, but, yeah, so. And, I mean, it's definitely, it's been an adjustment, like, now that. Because now we're in opposite season. So now, like, yeah. I'm I'm married and you're getting divorced. And so I know, like, you don't have a small group or anything. And so I I just know, I like I've told Robert multiple times, I want to be a place where you can come and so you can feel like you're not alone. So you don't have the, like, you don't ever feel like you need to go out and find someone to, like, talk to or spend time with. And... I think for Robert, it's hard for him to understand sometimes because he, this is the first time he's been married. And I mean, he's had relationships and things before, but marriage is so different than just a relationship. Mm -hmm. Marriage is like a covenant and a commitment. And um, when that's broken and you're missing that from your life, it's such a different feeling than just breaking up with someone, even if you were living together or, you know y'all had been dating for a long time it it there's something so significantly different when you're divorced than when you're just broken up with someone especially with a kid involved right because it's like you still have to like you're still attached to that person yeah regardless right so it's, it's very different um not not like downplaying breakups or anything. It's just different. Yeah. And I can't speak for like breakups with a kid involved. Like if it's like a baby mama, baby daddy situation, that sounds so rude. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I hope no one takes it personal, but I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Um, because I, I was never in that situation. I mean, I had Olivia and I was divorced from her dad. So it wasn't like we just broke up and we're baby mama, baby daddy. That yeah. sounds really fun. <laughs> baby mama, baby daddy. Baby mama, mama drama. <laughs> Busting out some raps. Just rolling with it. Um, but yeah, so. I think we hit that one pretty good. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover? What's probably, we'll close with this. So what's the hardest thing for you or what has, what has been the hardest thing that you've had to overcome since you're like, since being separated? There's a lot of things, honestly, um, that have been hard to, it's hard to say, like, okay, so one thing that's been hard, um, is that I, I was married, or I was with him for almost 10 years, so I, I became pretty close with his family, you know? Like, 10 years is a long time. And so, dealing with 
the fact that like they're not my family anymore um and then I would say it's so like it's so hard to pinpoint just one thing because it's all been hard right um so maybe just name a few things yeah I'm I'm trying but you know (laughs) Um, Everything's hitting me all at once. It won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just, uh, <laughs> um, but really, so I got married super young. Um, he is in the military, so we like traveled a lot, moved around. We never lived in state with our family, you know. Um, so since being separated, like I moved back home to be around all the people I love. Um, but that's like brand new to me. I've never done that before. Um, and so it's just like, it's been a whole lifestyle change for me because yeah. I'm used to the military life. Like that has been my whole adult life as being surrounded by the military. Right. So that's been different. Um, I guess I would say that's more different than difficult. Yeah. Um, <sighs> really just like. Probably one of the hardest things has been dealing with my ex in general. It has been a nightmare for the majority of the time. Um, so learning learning how to ignore things that aren't true and not respond back. Um, learning, how do, how do I want to wear this? The hardest thing has been learning when to respond. Yeah. Because majority of the time, even like if you give a response, it's not actually going to change anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to cause an argument or whatever. It's just going to be this whole back and forth thing. So learning when um, a response is like actually necessary I suppose that's been kind of difficult. I think I've gotten better at that. Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes. We all make mistakes. Uh-huh. I, that's when I use the 24 the twenty four hour rule. Like, if I'm real freaking heated about something I get, I wait 24 hours before I ever respond. Just because it gives me time to think. Like, do I really want to respond to this? Does this really need a response? Like, or am I just heated? Um, yeah. I think that's a good rule. But, yeah. The hardest thing for me, the hardest thing for me was being honest about, about how I felt about my divorce and being honest with what I wanted out of life and finding new things to be excited about and happy about because, I mean, I got married when, I got married and he had, he already had a son, so already... You were already a family. We were already an instant family. And um, that was really, like, that was a hard adjustment because I, uh, when I pictured getting married, I never pictured being a stepmom before I ever had my own kids. I never pictured being a stepmom anyways. And um, I'm very thankful for, you know, my stepson and I love him very much. And my stepson now. (laughs) Because I got two. Um, But... Even in the beginning, the the dream that I had of the family I wanted wasn't reality. And so just, I guess, 
the hardest thing for me was accepting what reality was and not wishing for something different that could never be just because that's just not the way the world works yeah but that was the hardest thing for me because as you i i like to live in denial (laughs) not just to live in africa is it in africa egypt what's in egypt yeah (laughs) i clearly didn't go to geographical (laughs) (laughs) oh man well on that note um i think that maybe we'll do a poll um because you know we get a lot of responses um a lot of reactions in our polls so um we'll throw another one out there for you guys you know about (laughs) not the stripper kind we don't throw any real polls at you don't worry but uh we want to know like what's the hardest thing for you guys that you've experienced and had to overcome as far as divorce separation um breakups yeah breakups it doesn't have to be like divorce um but we want to hear from you guys uh what is you know were some difficult things that you've been through and if there was anything that we didn't touch on uh let us know leslie you're just gonna play with your hair over there yeah it's like (laughs) it's an awkward bun that's i don't even know how to explain it it is awkward i don't know what you did i don't know either all right guys so um the next time you hear from us it will be post christmas and I'm sure we will have much to talk about. Christmas going to be lit. <laughs> so be sure to join us. Check out our Instagram at Sisters, And check out our Facebook at Soul Sisters Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you know when our next one is coming out. Bye. Hey, welcome back to Soul Sisters Podcast. I think that I should do it since you're going to be doing most of the talking. Okay, fine. Go ahead.